Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, folks, welcome back to the culture. I uh, wanted to have a conversation about the great celebration of Kwanzaa, which is a celebration, the final week of the year, um, a celebration that has been around uh, since the great Dr. Malanga Karenga, excuse me, um, established Kwanzaa as a way for Black folks in the country to learn and to get uh, rooted back into key principles of community and family. And this has been a celebration that has grown in popularity. I remember as a child, um, back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, Kwanzaa was sort of like uh, an underground celebration. Now it has taken on national prominence, even so much as the president himself putting out a message of support for those who are celebrating the week-long celebration. Let me just share with you what the president said. And then we got my brother, Dr. Omakanga Dabinya, and we got Taylor Ferguson, and of course we got you. Let's talk about how we can take these principles to the next level um, and not just talk about it for the last week of the year. But here's what the president said around, around the issue of Kwanzaa. He put it out there, the White House has put it out there uh, during uh, on a video posted yesterday where the president and First Lady Jill Biden offer thanks for the, quote, rich heritage of African-Americans, which is deep in the story of our nation. It stated, they stated that in 2023, it is our hope that we'll all remember the wisdom of the seven principles of Kwanzaa, especially the values of unity and faith, as we work to make the promise of our nation real in the lives of every American. Huh. So today I wanted to talk about this. This is the second day of Kwanzaa. So we're celebrating the great principle of Kuji Chakalia. And I wanted to bring in my brother, Dr. Omakongo uh, Debenga from American University. And of course, we still have Taylor Ferguson to be a part of this conversation. But Brother uh, uh, brother Omakongo, good to see you again once again. So how are you this afternoon? Oh, it's good to see you, man. Long time, man. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has been a minute. It has been a minute. I always enjoy our conversations. So uh, Big Brother, let's talk about this celebration. And it has kind of gained some popularity over the past few years, right? It hasn't become just like this cult following of Black folks that has said, oh, we're going to do this. This is this is a national holiday, even though it's not institutionalized, quote unquote, as a national holiday. There isn't, um, there isn't any major like shutting down of businesses. You mm -hmm. know, the governments haven't, the government never put out a proclamation or a declaration saying that. Yeah. But it is, it is, it recognizes this. First and foremost, is that a good place to be? Or, or, or should we be happy that it has the somewhat of a national prominence to it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a double-edged sword, you know what I'm saying? It's like when I watched uh, the statement by you know the president as well as the vice president, you know, yes, people can feel like there's a superficial nature to it, but at the end of the day, 
the quest for black people in America has been a quest for recognition. How long have, have, have you on your show and all of us, Roland Martin show and everywhere else had conversations about things relating to reparations and, you know, all of these things that we feel like America owes us, which, which they do, don't get me wrong. It comes down to recognition. We talk about other groups who receive apologies and, and different things for what they've experienced. And so part of what's going on with Kwanzaa as well as Juneteenth and the like, we, we have to accept this recognition because if we're going to talk about the fact that there is no America without Black America, that Black people built this country, that we are the foundation of it, then damn it, what we do has to be recognized and honored at the highest levels. As, as guardians of the culture, it's up to us, however, to make sure that it does not become as commercialized as many other holidays have, whether we're talking about Christmas in terms of just people just focus on the gifts versus the actual messages of, of Jesus and the like, you know, we need to make sure that we guard that in our, in our quest to make sure that we're getting the recognition. Absolutely. I want to play the video. And I know my team, we, they got the video now of uh, the president. Let's play the video just a little bit of what president and first lady Jill Biden said about this national holiday. Jill and I wish everyone a happy Kwanzaa. During this celebration, millions will gather with their families to reflect on the struggles and triumphs of the past and look towards a brighter future. With each candle you light, we hope your home is warmed by the laughter of your family and friends. Your hands are inspired to creativity and your heart is filled with determination, faith, and love. We give thanks for the rich heritage of African-Americans, which is deep in the story of our nation. In 2023, it's our hope that we'll all remember the wisdom of the seven principles of Kwanzaa, especially the values of unity and faith, as we work to make the promise of our nation real in the lives of every American. May your Kwanzaa be blessed with hope, peace, and light. Jill and I wish everyone a happy Kwanzaa. Mm. During this celebration, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's interesting. <laughs> That's a Listen. good word to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, I, you, you gotta know think about it. Like, how many times have we seen, you know, um, the the president and other members of, of Congress, or whatever, do you know, happy Hanukkah things, uh, Merry oh, Christmas yeah. things, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. different things, and we've thought, yo, what about Kwanzaa, right? Well, and then when we see it, we can't get mad when they do it. So I'm glad that they did it. <laughs> I'm yeah, man. No, no. I'm look, look, bro. I am with you 100. percent And I think that I think it, I think it shows a lot of growth. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like it, it shows growth, right? Um, That's right. Because we have historically been marginalized and put aside, like you said, in our celebrations and in and in, in those. In those times where we wanted to be seen, and so for the president, his first for first lady to put it out there. I mean, it's like, okay, that's 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 interesting. But I felt like it's of course it's needed, it's necessary. You mm -hmm. got a lot of mm -hmm. black folks in this country, who who are now at a space. I think, big bro, from who are celebrating Christmas and Kwanzaa. That's right, and it's important yeah. that people know that like, because. They, 
it's, it's important that people know that because you know Christmas is a religious holiday and Kwanzaa is a cultural holiday. So there are many black families across the across the country and anywhere in the world who have adopted Kwanzaa who celebrate both. And, you know, Dr. Juanza Kanjufu wanted a celebration and an honoring of our culture. That's why he placed it the, the days from the 26th to the first, because he wanted it to end on the new year, on the first day of the new year, to start us off in that principle of faith. And so I know it's harder for us to get that kind of national recognition because of everything going on as it relates to Christmas and its history here, but it was very strategic in where he wanted the days to be placed. And so we have to honor that. And, you know, some of us in our community think that it's a replacement for Christmas never has been and never will be. Yeah. And I, and I, and I you know, I want to make the correction because I said, Dr. Milana Karinga, and it's a, and you just said Dr. Jawan uh Jawan's a Kunjufu. So no, you're you know. you're right. No, that's oh, that's okay. my mistake. I, I was oh, just okay. no, it's absolutely yeah, I'm just like, you know, I thought, a, absolutely Dr. Milana Karanga. Dr. Karanga, right. please forgive her brother. I was just talking fast. I was just talking <laughs> fast. I was like, all right. <laughs> Maybe it was me, no, but that's no, cool. No, no, no. We, we, we Thank you. Each other. That's good. That's all good. That's what you just saved my career, <laughs> right? <laughs> but look, you're absolutely right. Like there is a there was a key reason why, and I mean, I'm not. I think that if for families, especially black families, we have to include that as a part of the conversation, right? Um, and and is I remember growing up, like I say, in the 80s and 90s, where it was like almost a war between the two. It's like, no, I celebrate Christmas. You celebrate Kwanzaa. You ain't real. And then it's like, now I'm I'm so happy that Black folks can embrace both. Um, because I think, to your point, one of them is talking about religious holidays. And one of them, you know, Kwanzaa could be celebrated by any Black person, in, regardless of your relig religious affiliation. It's about yeah. principles and of community and family. Absolutely. And you know what's very interesting? I've actually had had, and I don't know if this is a conversation for next year. I don't know. But you know, I've had some conversations with some white people who have been seeing what the principles of Kwanzaa are about. And they're yeah. so frustrated with how commercialized things like, you know, Christmas and other holidays, Easter and other holidays have, have become. And they're they're looking at the ideas that are stressed. He's like, they're talking to me about like, I need to practice these in my own family and my own community. And that's how black culture has been, you know, for forever. We create something and then other people start to see its value. And that's why I say we have to continue to be guardians of the culture because you are right. When people talk about, oh, Christmas versus Kwanzaa. And that also had to deal with a lot of black identity when we're going from, you know, mm -hmm. Negro and color to Afro-American and African-American. People that's saying, true. I ain't African. I ain't Afro-American. I'm black this. So we've always had these identity struggles. And I think at the end of the day, Dr. Karenga wanted us to understand that we have more things in common than we do that separate us. So let's come together and recognize those things first and then move on with our foundation. That's, you know, the, the, the mat, the makeka that people put on the Kwanzaa display like I have downstairs. You know, that's the foundation of everything that we build on for those who are into the, you know, who know about the Kwanzaa displays. And so all of us have that foundation and we just need to celebrate it. And there's nothing wrong with people who choose to do both. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I I know we got to take a quick pause. When we come forward, uh, I want to bring Taylor back into the conversation, Doc Oma, Dr. Omakongo, and I want to talk about how do we take to make the, these principles real. And I'm okay. saying, like today, we're celebrating self determination, Kujichakalia, but I'm talking about for Black families in this country, 
at this time in 2022, yes. how do we live these principles and make them real? I want to have that conversation up next. So, folks, stay with us. We're continuing the discussion on the other side. You're tuning into the culture here on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Pastor Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. Black Star Network is peace. Oh, no punches! A real um, revolutionary right now. I thank you for being the voice of Black America. All the momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Folks, we've been talking about living the principles of Kwanzaa as we are in the second day of the week-long celebration that closes out the year. And we've been checking in with Dr. Omakongo Dibenga, my brother from American University. We want to bring back into the conversation Taylor Ferguson, um, but really talking about how do we make Kwanzaa a real experience, not just a celebration, not just a, a ritual, but to make it a living principles, especially going into a very, very new year like 2023. Dr. Obakongo, what's your take on that? How, how, how do we start that? And then, Taylor, I want to get your take. How do we make that? How do we make these principles real? We're talking about unity. We're talking about self-determination. We're talking about cooperative economics. We talk about all of these things. Mm -hmm, but to mm -hmm. bring them home to Black folks and to use them as the as as uh, Dr. Karenga wanted us to use them as guiding principles for the new year. How do we how do we do that? The basic thing we have to ask ourselves in everything that we're doing is a very simple question: Am I centering Black people in whatever it is that I'm doing, or making my best attempt to do so? So when we talk about cooperative economics, that's talking about supporting Black businesses. When we're talking about faith, that's talking about are we going to support you know, are we going to have faith in our political leaders, people who are out in the community, the, the Farages of the world, the Roland Martins of the world who are working to build a Black Star Network? Are we going to have faith in that and supporting that? When we talk about self-determination, are we going to go listen to our leaders, not people who are told our are our leaders? Are we going to determine who our leaders are? When we talk about cooperative work. Are we really going to work together as opposed to this crap is in a barrel mentality of pulling each other down? The list goes on and on. Creativity. Are we working with people in our community who are the creators, right? So if you start to answer, ask that question, you know, and you start to see that I haven't been working with black people enough. I haven't been really working to bring my family together. I've been more concerned of unity at my job than unity in my household. Like those types of things. When you do that honest take, then you start yeah. really figuring out the actions that you need to really live these principles 24 7. 
Absolutely. So you're talking about being intentional, Taylor. Is he, it, it, that's what I'm getting from Dr. Omakongo. He's talking that's about right. being intentional about these principles. And I mean, I think that has to become a family value. Like if you're going to if you're going to talk about all of these great terms and and and, and go through the rituals of of how to celebrate them, this has to be an instilled family value. What's your take on that, Taylor? So I definitely agree with everything that you said. Um, I feel like it's more about questioning self first before you go out and question everybody else. So it's definitely, um, what am I doing to help my community right now? When we, again, like you said, when it's people like Faraji or if it's black owned businesses, are we going to them first before we go to the other man? Like it just, it makes sense to be there for your people. Um, we definitely do a lot of tearing down of each other. So that needs to stop if we're trying to actually make change within our community. Yeah. And we need to, I don't want to say cancel, but when it comes to the people who are within us that do things that reflect badly on us, we need to really have a deep conversation with them. We need to stop giving them yes men and actually tell them, yo, like, chill out. Right, right, right. Um, right. And I definitely and feel if like- they don't chill out, they get canceled. That's what you tell but, they can't, but cancel doesn't even work. That's the part. That's the, that's the part that gets me. The canceling doesn't even work because yes, you may be canceled, but I mean, is your music still playing on the radio? Mm. Aren't people still supporting you? So mm. there, there is that cancel effect, but the cancel effect isn't really effective. And so yes, have, let me let me and that that opens up the conversation, uh, Taylor and Dr. McConaughey. When we talk about you know some of our high-profile celebrities that are, that are in our community, should we impose that? Look, y'all y'all have to do not just more social responsibility, but I'm saying like taking these principles to the next level. Because I haven't, y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen one black celebrity say Happy Kwanzaa, everybody. Uh, no, I, have, I haven't seen much. And, you know, I, I, we have to hold people accountable. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Taylor and I are saying the same thing. My, I think what what I've taken from what she was saying is that some of these guys get to such a high profile that even if we aren't rolling with them anymore, they're not part of our community anymore. They're just black people. Right. And so they they become kind of uncancelable in, in our community because they've, they're, right, right. They're, they're part of a different community. But I still feel at the end of the day, it's important for us, celebrity or not, people in our community, people in our church, you know, whoever we're talking about, to hold people accountable to the best of our ability. Because there is such a thing still as credibility that matters to us in our community. When I think about people like Kanye, sure, there are a lot of people who are still embracing him right now. I cannot, you know, and I feel like, you know, more people need to stand up. I mean, this is a guy who said he wants his kids celebrating Hanukkah instead of Kwanzaa so they can get that money. So it's anti-Semitic and anti-Black, right? And right. so really at the end of the day, we have to do a better job of calling people out. But sometimes people go so far that they're so far removed from our culture because they got sources and respect from other people. But hey, respect from us still matters. Absolutely. Uh, my sister Corinna checked in and uh, she said, we need to learn and understand our history to value a cultural celebration like Kwanzaa, right? Yeah. That's right. Uh, this is also the time of year where children in particularly um, are out of school. What does that look like, Doc? When we're talking about, you know, you're having those, I started having a conversation with my son about it last night, talking to him well, yesterday and early in the day and just talking to him about the idea of Umoja, which means unity the first day. But but what does that look like? Because people are still wrapped up. I mean, it's like 
Christmas, and then your mind is going like, okay, yeah, there's Kwanzaa, but then I'm getting ready for New Year's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah. when does that level of education come, or does it need to happen way before December? Well, I think definitely we can look at doing work way before December, because like we said, it has to be year-round, so the education has to be year-round. But when yeah. it comes to Kwanzaa time, in all of our communities across the country, you know, Dr. Karenga was very specific about this being non-commercial. So even when he talks about the Zawadis, you know, which is the exchange of gifts, he's talking about gifts that are handmade or, or, you know, have that type of original type of thought to it. So a lot of the events that are happening in our communities relating to Kwanzaa, the overwhelming majority of them are going to be free. So, you know, my dad and, and um, um, a brother named Siddiqui Cambone in Boston, they started the Kwanzaa ceremonies that have been taking place in Boston for decades. And you can go out and take your kids to them. Um, you can also... If you're at home and don't have the ability to go out, there are activities that you can do online in terms of learning about Kwanzaa. There are people out there who are putting out that information. And, yeah. and there's a lot of animated works out there now that talk about Kwanzaa. So depending on the age of the child, you can do that as well. And of course, you could always buy books that you bring into the house, My First Kwanzaa, you know, these types of things, and make those the bedtime stories as well. Again, these are all things that can happen year round. But if we want to get it serious about Kwanzaa now, we those are some of the things that we can do. And some of these events that are free in the community are also streamed virtually. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. That's a great point. And I think the other part of it is is like this is not this is a this is the time to have those conversations, Taylor. Right? Like if you don't know your history, you know. And this is a and I'm I, Taylor Doc. Let me just tell y'all, I've been doing black media for a long time, and black folks act like if you in front and I tell people. I might be in front of the camera, but I don't know all black history. <laughs> Do you know how much history we have in this country? Like people be like, hey, Faraj, you didn't know this happened back in right, 19? right, right. And you're like, brother, I don't, I mean, I don't know it all. I mean, I, I appreciate it. I read a lot. I really do. But at the end of the day, there's so much to cover because of our That's 450 right. plus years that we've been here in this country. Like, like, you know, I think we should give each other grace if we just Absolutely. don't know. Absolutely. And I don't know. I don't know. And Doc, I want to get your take and the tail. I want to get your take. Like, how do we make sure that we temper the expectations? Cause some black folks will say, man, black people need to know all this history. And it's like, that's all well and good, but I've always been the one that's like, yo, is knowing this history, is it usable? Is it going to take you to the next level? Or you just want to fill your head with a bunch of facts and sound very big and important? Like, I don't know. Cause that's, that's, that's always been a challenge for me in those, those historical conversations, brother. Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about, you know, Ujima, when we talk about collective work and responsibility, we got to work on building collective knowledge. You know, when when I when I was talking so fast throughout Jawanza Kanjufu and you reminded it was Dr. Milana Karenga, I didn't I didn't get offended. I didn't get mad. You corrected me. And and because and, and, I because it was just a slip and we keep going. But some people would like you just said, how dare you mistake the name? <laughs> of the you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that type of arrogance and, and ignorance, it doesn't serve the community. You know, I'm listening to Roland Martin all the time, Karen Hunter, Joe Madison, and I'm learning stuff all of the time. And so we have to understand that particularly when it comes to our own culture, the majority of what we learn does not happen in our K to 12 or even our college curriculum. So the, all three of us, we all know the majority of what we learn about black people did not happen in school. So depending on where a lot of us in my generation, we learn more black history from hip hop. 
So right, right. So, so, so we have to understand that everybody's in a different space. And I got most of my history from my parents. But if other people's parents can't do that, but they're in the library, or someone else just happens to work in a bookstore and came across different books, or ran into Dr. Jawanta Kunjufu, you know, doing his work on you know countering the conspiracy to destroy black boys, and that's their entree, or Ibram Kendi, or you know, or Hannah Nicole Jones. We have to take each other where we are so we can build a community together. All of this pointing fingers and shaming people for what they don't know, other folks are just laughing at us with that. We got to stop it. That's not the spirit of Kwanzaa. Yep. Hey, Taylor, how, how, what's your take on that? Like trying to, and I mean, you know, as a young Black woman, you're learning, you're involved in the struggle in a lot of ways. But, you know, understanding that this thing, this thing called life and learning is a process. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. It's not just a destination. Yep. Um, what I've learned is that every moment, almost every moment is a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. So even if somebody doesn't really know, or even when it's times that I don't know, I'll be like, okay, can you teach me? Right. I would rather know than to look not ignorant because there's nothing wrong with ignorance. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> it's, it's better to want to learn about it than to just be like, okay, well, you don't know. Well, you should, you, you, you need to know or blah, 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 or you need to look it up or you need to do this. Just teach me. And then if I'm interested in it, or if I see that it's fit for me, then I'm going to keep researching it and I'm going to find out more. And I might know more than you do by the mm -hmm. end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's always better to teach somebody. If they're asking you, well, did you know about this? Or I saw this, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I didn't even know about that. And they're ready to cuss you out about it. You're like, whoa, like, can you just show me? Or yeah. like, you know, it's it's always, like I said, almost every moment is a teachable moment. So you yeah. can really teach somebody something, yeah. especially if they didn't know, let alone research it by yourself. And I didn't have, I mean, hip hop for me is not educational, unless I want to learn how to shoot somebody. <laughs> That's so, why I said my generation. That's why I said my generation is different. Yeah, yeah. different. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm with you, um, I'm with you, bro. Uh, that's yeah. the, that was that was a source. No, no, let's let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. That was a source. Nowadays, it's not. Yeah, no. Depending on the artist, it really depends on the artist. You're not <laughs> dropping it like that. And guess what? You can't be mad because history is not. I mean, depends on whether like we, Doctor Carr, Doctor Carr is oh like. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Doctor Greg Carr is brilliant. Oh my like, gosh! Like Corinna just said, "Oh, he knows all Black history. I'm sure he does. Like he studies <laughs> this, right? But, but we need scholars like him, right? Um, because when a, a, an artist hears him, he can listen to the show, hear the Black Table, hear Dr. Carl on RMU, and he's so inspired, and he'll drop. And do you know he'll drop? A, a hip hop artist will drop one or two bars about something relating to Black history." And that will take, that will automatically, that's how powerful the medium is, is that it will spark a, a, a desire in the person listening to want to learn more. Yeah, That's how powerful hip hop music is when it's used in a very, uh, I would say in a more uh, a progressive and in a much more, you know, better form than to weaponize uh, violence, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, 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 we can't get mad at the music. A lot of people got conscious through Public Enemy, KRS-One. A lot of people got conscious through Eric B. and Rock Kim. A lot of people yep. got conscious through a lot of different artists. And that's okay. I, I never understood why people get mad at how you got conscious. 
The right. fact that you are conscious or not conscious should be the conversation, not how you got. You got conscious through music? Yeah, I got conscious through music. That's why I ain't hit you in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but when you mentioned Dr. Carr, you know, one of the things that also is important to understand is that the elders have to make sure that they're reaching down. I mean, Dr. Carr was doing stuff with like, interviewing like Tupac on stage, like, you know, back in the day, like he was always invested in young people. I mean, he's at Howard, invested in young people. When I listen again, you know, like, you know, Dr. Madison or, or Roland Martin with, you know, all of his interns and things, right? So, you know, the elders, you know, when our elders are gone, that library is closed, right? So when I listen to, you know, Dr. Joe Madison, I'm hearing Dick Gregory because Dick Gregory is one of his biggest mentors. He knew Dick Gregory since he, he Joe Madison was 16. So I'm hearing the knowledge get passed down. When I'm on Roland Martin show or watching Roland Martin show and all the stuff he's seen, you know, he's passing knowledge down to people. So the elders, are, you know, and I'm not saying Roland Martin's an elder. I, I'm sure he probably would reject that, you know. But you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying, but what I, they have to make sure that they are doing. Those who are older are making sure that they're grabbing the young people. Young, however you define it, 15 or 40, you know, and making sure that they're doing the work to pass that knowledge down because we're losing so many of our elders, yeah. popular and not so popular in our communities who have all of this institutional knowledge about things. And if they if we don't get it from them, many of like you said, we're not, you know, Taylor said it, we're not getting it in the music anymore. And we already know, depending on the state we live in, we're not getting it taught in our schools. We never really were. But now it's even worse. You know, yep. in terms of the bands that are happening in school. So all we have is the culture. All we have is the community. And all we have is the knowledge that we pass on to each That's other. Right. And we got to make it important. We got to make it cool. And some people may not like me saying it. In many levels, we got to make it sexy. Whatever it takes for the knowledge to be passed on. Hey, 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 Doc, you are absolutely right. Taylor, why are you laughing at that? Man? I you thought that was kind of funny. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be sexy, man. Hey, look, we got to be sexy. There's a whole network that makes history look sexy. Wow. Wow. You got to tell stories, right? And then mm -hmm. you're more apt to some people when they see those stories on the History Channel or when they see them in documentaries. It just helps. I mean, we're all different types of learners. So we a history has to be made sexy in some ways. Hey, Doc, I truly appreciate you. And I'm so happy to have you on because in our next segment, we're going to talk about our hip hop artist that is doing his part to help people. But I appreciate you so much, Doctor, for joining us. Dr. Omar Congo Debenga checking in from American University talking about living the principles of cooperative. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Y'all take care. See you, Absolutely. Taylor. Bye. All right, folks, we got to take a quick pause. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.